0: This is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast brought to you by Comedy Here often. Let's begin the show. Yo, you ever have a moment in your life when you just, you know, you get that opportunity, that moment, that 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 place in time when you could stop and just appreciate shit? I had that. I had that I had that tested. Yesterday, I was, uh, for any of my new listeners, seems like I'm getting a lot more new listeners uh, on the regular, but to my dedicated 40, um, I'm out here in Burlington, Ontario. I'm in Burlington, Ontario, because I'm getting ready to film a show. Uh, So it looks like I'm not allowed to say what the show is. I don't know, man. I don't give a fuck. If I get in trouble, I get in trouble. I'm out here filming the first ever, the first season of Canada roast battle. And, um, we start filming tomorrow. Um, I've been out here. Uh, I came out here a, few, a little bit earlier. I had to get tested, um, twice. So if you see any pictures with me, with people hanging out, you know, just know that we safe, we tested, we good, but I'm out here in Burlington. And, um, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm from Scarborough, Ontario originally. And the only thing I knew about Burlington was they had a coat factory. Anybody ever hear about that? The Burlington coat factory. That's the only thing I ever knew about Burlington. And the fucked up part is I ain't even never went to the goddamn coat factory. Every time I was like, hey, mom, can we go to Burlington for the coat factory so we can get like a good deal on coats? She'd be like, man, fuck you and wear your brother's jacket. That's, that's 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 all I ever got. The good old hand-me-downs. And I tell you right now, I'd be lucky if I got my brother's hand-me-downs. I had to wear my sister's skates in grade fucking one. And that's a true story. But anyways, I was standing out outside of the hotel here in Burlington, Ontario. I'm at the uh, Waterfront Hotel. So many of my listeners have been. I'm at the Waterfront Hotel. And of course, it's on the water. And uh, I was just standing out there and I just saw how gorgeous it was. And I was like, comedy brought me here. You know, like I really had to sit back and be like, wow, um, I'm here because of comedy. And um, to just, just have that moment to just be like, wow, all those times when people wanted me to quit did I ever tell you guys that, uh, when I was doing comedy, my dad hated that I was doing stand up comedy. So my dad, um, didn't like that I was doing comedy. He wanted me to work as a pipe fitter. And, um, I was, I was a pipe fitter before I was a stand up comedian. And when he was dying, he, he thought I was still working. I lied. I lied to him on his deathbed because, you know, why not? And um I told him that I was working in the oil fields when I had actually quit working and had become a full-time stand-up comedian. And so, um, you know, here I am now sitting, looking at the Lake Ontario and this beautiful scenery, people walking, jogging and all of this, all of this is because of comedy. All this because I decided to pick up a microphone at uh, Kenny Robinson's Nubian Night 13 years ago and bomb horribly at stand-up comedy. And uh, 13 years later, here I am sitting in the Waterfront Hotel in Burlington, getting ready to film a roast battle. And I was thankful for it, man. I was very thankful for it. I don't I say this because um I feel like for a lot of my listeners, you know, sometimes you just need to take a moment and 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 be appreciative of what we have. We're always we're always mad and always complaining about what we don't have. And I know it's cliché to say it, but fuck it. You know, sometimes those cliché things are are the most you know, informative things, but a lot of times we don't pay attention to the things that we have. And especially in times of COVID when we lost the right as comedians to perform on stage and we lost our wages, our way of life, our hobby, our career, our social lives, and all those things that we lost. We 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 fail to look at the things that we have. And one of the things that I have that I'm thankful for is uh resilience just of i'm just a hard fucker to kill i'm just a hard guy to go down like no matter what's happened i've gone through ups and downs through this entire year i'm still standing baby i'm still financially destroyed and spiritually the best i've ever been so you know just wanted to share that with you guys real quick off the top but yep yeah, out here in burling ontario getting ready to film tomorrow um i don't know why but i'm nervous i don't know why i don't know i'm nervous like i'm genuinely nervous like i'm still preparing i uh, this podcast is going to be um out t- uh by the time this podcast comes out i'll be in makeup that's where I'll be when you guys are listening to this. When you're listening to this, I'll be in makeup, getting ready. Um, but um, I don't know why, man. I hate when I get nervous. When I get nervous, it it, it makes me second guess myself. It throws my game off. And um, you know what I fucking really hate? Sometimes when I'm not nervous, my anxiety will be like, like my anxiety is like another character. And it'll almost like um, be like another voice in my head. And when I'm not nervous, my anxiety will be like, hey, hey, how's it going? You got a big show tomorrow. You're not nervous. You should be. What if you fail? You know you could be on TV. You know every word you say is going to be recorded. What if you fuck up? What if you lose? What if you're the worst? And then it's like, I start listening to this shit. I start feeding into it. Then I start getting nervous. I start second guessing myself. And then, of course, that's when everything bad happens. And it's like, I'm at a point in my career now where I can, like, talk it down. Many of you guys have ever done that? Like, talk down the other voices in your head. I know how crazy this must sound right now to some people, but to other people, you're just as fucking crazy. But there's times when you have to talk down the voices in your head. And that's what I do on a regular basis. And one of the things that I do to talk down the voices in my head is to take a moment to appreciate the good things. And one of the good things uh, that happened to me is uh, not only that I'm out here, but I got my second ever email. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is a monumental moment. Um, I always ask my listeners to write into the podcast and only one time before uh, one of my amazing listeners shout out uh, Mia uh, wrote in and um, you know asked questions and wanted to talk uh, today I got another reader. so now I don't know if you guys uh, actually want me, to um, say your names So I don't know Maybe I'll leave it out um, But uh, This uh, r- Person that wrote in uh, Is from the west coast of Kamloops And uh, they just wrote in to be like You know just want to say I truly appreciate your talent You're a real gem Hope things pick up for you real soon I also meant to mention that the sudden realization that you could take mushrooms to the roast battle had me laughing. Uh, I could hear. All right, let me just read the whole thing. What's up, Sterling? I just caught you on the newest episode, so I thought I'd drop you an email like you asked. Thank you very much. I'm sure I posted this on Facebook page, but I'll say again that I appreciate the fuck out of your honesty on the podcast. Thank you. I really try to do my best on being honest. You know what I mean? Like who you see on the podcast is who I really am. It really sucks hearing about my favorite comedians suffering because of the pandemic. I feel like you guys are some of the worst hit by it because it essentially shut down stand up. That is 100% correct. Um, the entertainment, not just stand up, anybody in the entertainment industry, we got like the short end of the stick on this because it's like they don't deem us as essential. Um, which it's almost like they're saying then we should just die because we're not allowed to work we can't make no money so how are we supposed to pay all these bills and eat and live and survive it's just been ridiculous but whatever it's uh safer to be on a plane with 300 people sitting side by side than it is to be in a room with uh 25 people sitting six feet apart while i tell jokes to them behind a plexiglass fucking explain that anyways I feel like you guys are some of the worst hit by it, because essentially shut stand up down. It's been tough watching comedians have to pick up nine to fives just to get by. I hope these those checks show up so you can get back in the black soon. This past year of almost no shows has been rough. I was so happy that so and so was able to make Cam Comedy Fest happen last year, and that he had you headlining. Um. And then, of course, it finishes with what I was saying. Uh, I've seen you in the last year, and I used to go to as many local shows as possible. Just want to say I truly appreciate your talent. Hope you're Thank you so much for writing in. Um, yeah, it has been hard, man. It has been ridiculously hard. But at the same time, I feel like anything in this world worth having was never easily achieved. You ever have that? Again, another cliche fucking saying that means so much i mean let's let's look at how that saying can be applied you know when you guys look at your dating life right guys now i'm not trying to slut shame because uh i i believe sexuality is on a spectrum and i think that you know do whatever it is that makes your heart happy but it is uh well known that a lot of men uh have fragile egos And are not capable of hearing about some of their girlfriend's past sexual experiences. And uh, the main reason of it is because of how many partners they may have had. And if they have a lot of partners, it makes that person, that dude with the fragile ego. Hear me out, ladies. Remember I'm saying fragile ego. It makes that dude with the fragile ego feel like his girlfriend uh, has been had by far too many people. And they don't want to be with that person because they believe that if I've had them and everybody else on the block has had them, well, then they're not that special. You know, that's a I don't know, man, like I'm 50 50 on that feeling because I get it. But at the same time, it's like, ugh, I don't know. It's kind of a gray area because, I mean, if a woman threw pussy at me too quickly, I wouldn't take it. Because I'd be like, if you threw it at me that quickly, who the fuck else did you throw it at? Because I don't want, like, I'm very paranoid with diseases. Um, I I love fucking, but I don't want to catch no disease. So I don't really like fucking strangers. I don't, I don't know if I even told you guys that, but I've never uh, had any uh, road sex with anybody. Like in 13 years of my career, I've never gone on the road and you know met a uh a person after a show and just had sex with them i've never done that and the reason why is simply because um i don't know man maybe it's my own low self esteem but i'm just like i am a a bar comic uh and if you're going to throw pussy at a dude that you met in a bar uh you don't have really good standards and uh <laughs> uh God knows what you did before this night and I ain't trying to have any of that come home with me. And so no, I haven't done it. But yeah. That was probably a terrible example of that uh but I I feel like I I I was doing it right but I said it wrong. But anyways, the point is um anything worth having was hard earned. And this this thing called being a comedian, I earned it. I mean unlike the perk people, the comedians that you've seen in your letter, fortunately, I will say fortunately, I haven't got a day job, but I'm not gonna lie. I would if the day job was uh, a good job, like something that you know I could deal with where it's like I don't have some fuck I just can't deal with miserable people who are mad that you are happy. Like I, I can't go to jobs where, and that's a lot of jobs. Like if you got to anybody work a job where if you're too happy, the boss will be like, you're fucking slacking off. You're, you're fucking, you're fucking the dog on this one. I hate, I, I did so many jobs like that. But if I had a job where you could just leave me alone, like fucking something simple, like stock shelves or something or offload a truck, just, just leave me and be like, do this until the end of the day. I would do that job. But, um, I got busy and, uh, I have been able to scrape by literally scrape by. So I haven't been one of those comedians that got a day job, but I will say that it's, uh, it's a fucking grind. And, uh, The fact that I'm still standing, I feel like I earned the title comedian. Like, I've been through this shit. I went through a pandemic where comedy was illegal. I did Zoom shows. I did shows for in theaters where there was no people and they had to watch from home. Yeah, I actually fucking did that. I did a show at a university where the only people in the crowd were the people filming. So that they can show it to people at home. You know how fucking weird that is? The reaction I'm getting is from the cameraman. And I'm not... And he's trying his best to not laugh. So he don't shake the camera. I did that. I did Zoom. I did... um, I did parking lot shows. I did... um, You know, house parties. I did a fucking house party. Oh... I did a birthday party. (laughs) Listen, when it comes to paying your dues, look, I better be getting mine soon because I have paid some dues, man. I did a fucking house party birthday party where I had to stand in a living room while a bunch of people sat down and, you know, I had to tell jokes to them. And I did that for money. I did backyard shows. So I've effectively done backyard, living room, parking lot. I've done everything but the backseat of the fucking car. That's how much shit I've done to stay afloat in this comedy game. So, uh, the fact that I'm still here and still standing, I feel very much appreciative, uh, of, of my position and my role. Like I feel good, but at the same time, I'm still fucking nervous for tomorrow. You would think everybody that is coming to this show. I know a lot of the comedians that are coming and they're really cool fucking dudes that I love hanging out with, like, like legends, like some like Canadian monsters. And we're all tested, we're all COVID-free, and we're all gonna be able to hang out together, and we're gonna be doing, well, not stand-up, but we're gonna be able to have fun, play around, tell jokes, you know? You would think. I'm 24 hours away from that. I will be elated. Instead, I have honestly not slept all night. I haven't slept all night. It is, uh, it is nine o'clock in the morning and I have not been to bed yet. I can't, I can't even sleep. In between that piece of shit voice in my head, telling me to be nervous and the other part of me fighting down and talking down the other voice there was no time for fucking sleep none none i hate being nervous i fucking hate it you know how many time being nervous has fucked up my life i don't know man it's the worst how many guys are listening to this right now you know why cuz guys we have it rough Guys, do you ever tell ladies about the fact that when we get nervous that our dicks get soft? Did you ever tell God? Do you, any? I, I have female listeners, so if you didn't know that, when guys get nervous, their dicks get soft. Yeah. How do I know this? Well, let's just say I had one of those nights. I had one of those moments. One of those moments, those embarrassing ones that they show in movies, where the guy can't get his dick hard, and then you know the girl's just sitting there disappointed, and he's like, "I don't know, this never happens." Like, (laughs) 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 I've been that guy. I've been that guy where I'm sitting there, like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" And the worst part is, it's like quicksand because the when your dick ain't okay, so. High levels of anxiety, nervousness, fear. The male penis actually, as a defense mechanism, gets soft and goes up inside, like it tries to push itself up inside of the body, right? I know you're like, what? Guys are like, are you fucking kidding me? No, it's not like it just disappears inside of you, but like it will shrink itself up to protect itself because it's a very vulnerable piece of body part and so uh i was uh with a gorgeous oh what's worse i wish she was ugly but she was ugly that's the worst part if she was ugly i wouldn't have been nervous and i would have fucked the shit out of that ugly bitch but she was this really really good looking girl and i had no clue she was attracted to me and she kind of just threw the pussy at me all at once. And I mean all at once as in that, like, I um I answered the door and she was naked, okay? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't had too many moments in my life where I had something so magical happen, where an attractive woman wants to have sex with you so bad that you go to the door to go and meet this person and they open the door shit ass naked to fuck you you know what i mean and i wasn't ready i wasn't ready i went in there and i was like yeah okay because you know like here's the thing like yeah (laughs) she was naked i was nervous and i immediately had to put on the like I'm cool with this. Like, yeah, this is what we do. When really I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not cool with this bitch. I don't know you like this. Have you been tested? I don't, this was, we weren't even supposed to go out to eat. This was supposed to be a conversational date. This wasn't even a Netflix and chill. This was a, how you doing? And now the pussy's out. Okay. All right. I wasn't ready. And, um, um, cause typically when I like, when I like to have sex with someone, I like to get to know them. I like to know the person I'm fucking. You know what I mean? As I know it sounds like I'm a bitch ass motherfucker, but I just am that person. Like I don't I don't I don't want to I'm like, you're nasty to me. Until I know you, you're dirty. All right? That's just what it is. Until I know you, you're dirty. And um, even though I knew who this person was, um that was dirty. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's... I mean, like, isn't that what you would think that you would want as a man? That you'd be like, oh, shit, the pussy. Let's take it. But I don't know. I guess it was just too fast. I guess I like the pursuing. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But either which way. The pussy came too quick and my dick didn't come quick enough. And I, I just stay there with the... with the As Kevin Hart would say, you want some juice face? That's all I could do was just sit there and be like, uh... <sighs> so, uh you hungry? You know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking horrible. I also hate when um uh oh, oh another time when I felt like nervousness really fucked me up. Okay, believe this or not, guys, I was in a school play, and that school play was a musical. Now, I am a straight black male, and yes. I do like musicals. Um, and this musical was none other than the most infamous, the best. If you're going to do a musical, this is the musical you should do. It was Little Shop of Horrors. And I had to audition for the Little Shop of Horrors. And my ass went on stage and I was so nervous that I couldn't sing. And I went on and I was like, I'm going to sing the national anthem. I don't know what the fuck made me think. You ever try to sing the national anthem? Outside of the standard, oh, Canada, we stand on. Who the fuck tries to sing the national anthem? My ass went in there trying to hit octaves that my ass never did. I was like, oh, Canada. I was doing all kinds of shit. You know, when the teacher gave me the same look that the girl gave me uh, when I couldn't get my dick hard. She was like, oh, okay. Are you done? (laughs) That's that's pretty much the look I got from the drama teacher. And uh, I honestly believed in my heart that if I wasn't nervous, I would have got the lead role. And I know you guys are like, Sterling, you can't sing. No, I can't. But I can carry the fuck out of a note. That's right. I can't sing, but I could. I could carry a fucking note, boy. I'm not tone deaf. You know what I mean? Like if there was like a, a, a group of singing, I'd be in the back harmonizing like a motherfucker, but I need back killing that, Like, hoo, hoo, like I can hit them notes. You know what I'm saying? But like to be the lead, like I just, I didn't have that, that voice. And some, yes, you can be trained to sing. Yes, you can learn how to sing. But you know what I mean? Some people just have that God-given, like like they open their mouth and you're like, that is a gift. You know what I mean? And when I opened my mouth, the teacher was like, that is a rap. Please get off the stage. We have another people to audition that actually have singing voices. So like nervousness has followed me throughout my career. Nervousness had me fucking bomb on my very first comedy show. I just said that 13 years ago, I bombed terribly. I was so fucking nervous for my very first show, and again, I probably have said this on the podcast before. My very first comedy show was at Kenny Robinson, the Godfather uh Nubian Night. Nubian Night it, regardless of what anybody may tell you, the real proving grounds of Canadian comedy is Nubian Night, and that goes for white and black comics. If black comics get booed at that bitch so often, it's hilarious. And white comics are too scared to even go on the fucking stage. But the ones that have gone on were beasts, you know, Jerry D, K. Trevor Wilson, you know what I mean? Like those are, you know, big stars in Canadian comedy, as well as big as you can be in Canadian comedy. They were on Nubian night stages and did well. So it ain't no, oh, white people can't come here. Nah, don't bring that bullshit. It's funny people can come here. And uh black comics got booed. I saw this one guy get booed so bad, he quit comedy like that night. Like he never and he never came back. And I'll be honest with you, I'm so fucking happy he didn't. He was terrible. Oh my God, he was terrible. And <laughs> when they started booing him, I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Mind you, my ass almost got booed myself on my first time, but I was so nervous. I couldn't remember my jokes and I couldn't stop shaking. And I went into the bathroom and I called my boy up and we went into the bathroom and drank a Mickey of rum before I went on stage because I couldn't stop shaking. Like I couldn't manage the nervousness. And I went on stage and I fucking bombed. You know? All major things that I love to do. Comedy, fucking, singing. Bombed at all three of them because I was too nervous. And that's why I'm not going to let the nervousness take me this time. I'm not. I'm not. I did not come all the way to Burlington to fuck up on Nash. I don't know. I might. I don't know. (laughs) um there's a lot of crazy comedians coming down and um i'm super excited to see them like you know what i mean uh and they uh they like to you know finagle in the in the in the in the devil's lettuce and they like to play with the mushrooms one comedian actually even asked me he's like hey you want to do mushrooms and then go do your set at the rose battle and i was like no what the fuck who would do Yo, I am afraid to do mushrooms around strangers. You want me to go on national television and do a roast battle? I don't even think that would work. Because, like, when you are on mushrooms, you love people. You can't be mean. You're like, ugh, what's the point of us hating each other? All we're doing is beating each other down so that others who feel less than less than could look at us and feel better than us. This is a terrible, I don't fucking know. But I wasn't doing it. I'm not doing that. I might be high. I would even probably do it drunk. But I would never do it on mushrooms. And no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it high or drunk either. Because um, when I'm nervous, it's a good thing. It's a good and a negative thing. <laughs> Like when I was teaching that comedy class, people asked me, how do you deal with nervousness? And um, I said, being nervous is something that happens every day. It's just that I take that nervous energy and I put it into my first joke. You know what I mean? And so in order to do all of that, I need to be sober. I can't believe I have to fucking talk myself out of doing mushrooms on a TV show. That's the kind of lunatic that you guys have as a podcast host. I might even do a special episode um, if I can get some of these guys, some of these amazing comedians on the podcast to talk, but I doubt it because doing a podcast to them feels like work. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. I mean, I get it. It does feel like work because they just want to like, when comedians get together, here's what we like to do. We like to laugh really hard and say, Terrible things to each other. Like, ridiculously offensive. It's almost like a contest of like, who could say the most outlandish shit to make each other laugh? Like, the intention is always to make you laugh. And it doesn't matter how racist, how homophobic, how whatever, it's say that shit. The darker, the better. As long as it can surprise us, fucking do it. And uh, that's what we do when we get together. And we laugh really hard, talk a lot of shit, talk about stories that we bombed. Nobody comes. I've never been around a comedian who's done this. And if I was, I would be annoyed and I would probably just leave the room. But like when comedians come together, guys, we don't talk about our success. When comedians come together, we like to talk about all the times we failed because it's hilarious. It's funny because, you know, we love comedy so much that we tell these horror stories. And it's almost like. I love comedy so much. Here's what I'll go through. To be on stage. And then we'll laugh at how ridiculous and crazy it is. It's the. The. The love that I have for comedy, I don't. I wonder sometimes if it's even considered love or an obsession. Because um, I tell you, did I tell you guys one time I drove across a frozen lake because the boat to get across the lake was frozen? And the only way to get to the gig was to take the risk of driving across the lake. They literally put pylons on a fucking lake to show where it was safe to drive and then a speed limit of 20 kilometers and to not exceed it because you could go into the water. And I looked at that and said, well, the gig starts in 45 minutes. I better hurry up. That's the kind of shit I, I wouldn't do that for pussy, but I would do, I guarantee you if pussy Was if it was a comedy that opened the door and was like, You ready to do a set? I would have fucking banged that shit out. But you throw some pussy at me and what do I do? I curl up and I'm not ready for this shit. Oh, fuck. I hate that. (laughs) I hate having that memory. Does anybody ever uh, get bad memories and you try to shout it down or you try to like, when I get a shitty memory or an embarrassing memory, I start, I say random shit or I sing songs like made up songs almost to try to remove like the memory from my head as quickly as possible because of the embarrassment. It just never goes away. Well, that's what just happened right there. I just thought about her face, you know, her hands in her lap, just like, "Hmm." you know what I mean? Like the kind of look like a homeless person gives you, when you go to give them a dollar but then you 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 find out that the dollar you thought you were going to give them was canadian tire money yeah that level of disappointment and that level of disappointment will have me fucking messed up for the rest of this goddamn day ugh anyways uh uh the next podcast I'll let you guys know there might even be a special podcast maybe be a short one maybe a bonus episode I'm going to try to get... There's so many killers on this roast battle. Um, I'm going to see if I can possibly get a few of them to do a quick episode, like a 15-minute uh, bonus episode. If I can get that off with the fucking killers that I, I know, I'll be so happy. If I can't, ah, fucking oh well, well. The next time you'll hear from me will be when I finish this roast battle. So... What's cool is uh, when you guys are listening to this, just know that before I went on stage, I was nervous as fuck. I was thinking about the dedicated 40. And my attention is to whoop their ass. This has been another episode of the Comedy Reject. Take it easy.